0: Amazon reviews or, uh, and also, also meeting your readers either in the flesh but also in this kind of online, I don't know how, how much twi- tweeting you are actually doing, but, but these other, these, this less formal, meeting the real, I suppose the real readers, um, if critics aren't real readers, do you enjoy that, <laughs> like doing events, um, that sort of.
1: Sorry. <laughs> the raised eyebrow just pushed the poison that no, 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 no. I, I, I
2: was thinking of the part in the, in the bone clocks where um, Crispin Hershey, having ignored um, this clinging needy would wanna be fan for th- throughout that section, mm. eventually gets. Killed by her. The, uh, poetry, uh, the
1: poetry writing. Uh, yes.
2: Um, oh, um,
1: uh, her name is a pun on Forster. Actually, it's um, <laughs> uh, so, Soleil um, Soleil Moore. Soleil Moore. So it's Miss S Moore. Uh-huh. Mrs Moore. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Sorry for the. Yeah. As long as I haven't done it grindingly often recently, I basically enjoy events. Um, I'm aware there's a theatrical app in me gets switched on a little bit. It gets activated by uh, the necessities of the night, by circumstances. And I'm a performer in very, very few aspects of my life, not musical, not at home, not amongst my very small circle of friends, but for some reason at an event I have this slightly other performative self in me that can do the show and uh, can put one on and actually get some satisfaction from it. The recipient is that the word, remarks that you get from critics that you actually learn from, actually, so, yeah, you got a point there. Uh, because I've, uh, I do know what you're talking about and, and, and I learned a couple of really useful things about my writing from Boyd Tomkin, I feel for which I'm always grateful uh, I've, cut, I've, got, I've sort of cut that sauce off now but, I, but you get a mixture of levels of insightfulness at the Q&A section at an event and sometimes on a good night once uh, I'm handed a thought about my writing that I've never had in my life and that's great uh, that's a good event. That's a that was a thing worth doing. I,
2: I, I think that I've I've been to two events of David's, and in each of those events, he was really there, and that's what I aim for in my events as well. That that I am in that moment with those people. I am there for them, and I'm riding on their trust in in me, and I think that can be intimate. But you cannot do that hundreds of days a year. You just can't. You have to ration that so that it doesn't become stale. And I've been to see very, very eminent Booker Prize winning people at the Edinburgh Festival who were just ticking off another engagement in their tour and you could tell they would rather be anywhere but there. And I vowed that I would never allow myself to get into that. State of, of jadedness and alienation from the people who are actually buying my books and making me a successful author. And I suspect that David's made a comparable decision. Yeah, uh,
1: they're giving up the time and money. And um, and if I was doing that as a punter, I wouldn't want to be short-changed and feel some resent if I, mm-hmm. if I felt I was being short-changed like that. Because
0: um, there was now an expectation that you both feel I mean, Dickens did these sort of tours, but it does feel a fairly, you know, the, the rise of the the book festival. And do you feel that's now a, there's a pressure to go out and, and sell books and be a sort of visible face to in, to interact, in, where perhaps you may not have had to have done that.
1: Yeah. It's probably true, but um, unless you're really going to dig your heels in and say no, then you never really get to feel the pressure. I, I'm maybe more in states. Uh, just perhaps because of sort of the, my domestic circumstances, etc, I don't feel easy to leave my wife uh, on her own with kids for any longer than I really need to. Uh, so I'm in the states for maybe less than would be standard or helpful in sort of food chain position relative terms, therefore, uh, when I am in the States, I, 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 I work pretty brutally long days, uh, and, and, and they're intensely draining. Uh, again, I'm slightly answering the question you haven't asked, but um, I, uh, I find that quite hard work when when it's airport, bookshop, hotel, airport, bookshop, hotel, and and you're getting back full of adrenaline to your hotel at about 11 because the signing queues mm-hmm. are not... They're longer than they were when we started out, right? Uh, and... Uh, and you're not really getting to sleep to one, and then you've got a you've got a seven thirty flight from an airport, forty five minutes away, and you have to be there an hour ahead. So you're getting up at five for two or three or four nights before you get a decent lie in. That that's that's probably harder work than I've than I ever otherwise do. I mean, mm. it, it's it's not being a slave on a Thai prawn fishing boat. It's not being a Nepalese stadium worker in Qatar however that's that's borderline really t- kind of hard but but it's not the fault of the people who have bought who've spent thirty dollars on your book and are not doing anything else because they couldn't see you. they mustn't know that mm-hmm. uh, I, I still uh, I read an interview with Paul McCartney saying it's his job to perform yesterday as if he wrote it 15 minutes ago <laughs> uh, and, and,
2: and, and like, that's his job but, well, uh, he's, maybe he's I, would, do I it, wouldn't right? go to see Paul McCartney much as I love the Beatles and yeah, I love yeah, yeah, yeah. Ram and yeah, whatever yeah. because I don't want to hear yesterday <laughs> yeah, because yeah, yeah, I know yeah. that he's performed at 60 zillion yeah, times yeah, 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 yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Yeah. I also like Ram very much as well yeah. um, um,
0: was that Bill Hicks used to do a sort of opening shtick where he'd come and say um, yeah hi uh, I'm going to Plaster on a fake smile and go through this shit one more time and think how much of a joke you can possibly invent yourself. And there's that sort of feeling of having to do this night But that's but you live for that. But mm-hmm. different writers I mean, it, is it also the sense? I mean, we've wanting something of you and wanting to know. You know, talking about the death of your wife and incredibly personal things. And and, and, and there's something, but there's something about a relationship with a book and with a writer that is intimate, perhaps
2: in a way that it isn't even with Paul. I'm, I'm all right with that intimacy but in the same way that I wouldn't visit a different household each night and talk about Eva's death yeah. and how I feel about it and read my poetry out. I, I don't think it's appropriate to, to do the literary thing every night. You, no. you, you have to have a balance in your life of, of solitude and having intimacy with, with people. The, the airport, bookshop, hotel thing, the way I handled that... This is actually the third hotel that I've been in in the last five years or something, um, and I hate hotels, including this one. I stay with people. I, I say to my publishers, Look, just find me someone who loves books, you know, who's either an employee of the company, an editor, a sales rep, or whatever, or just someone you know, and I'll stay in their home. And that has pros and cons. The, the, the con is that you're having more. Emotional input, because you're meeting people's kids and you're finding out what's, you know, what the deal is with, yeah. with their kids and their sorrows and yeah. whatever. The plus is that whatever hotels do to you is not being done to you. Um, yeah. I remember I met you and Eva at,
1: uh, at Gothenburg for that. Um, there was a big book fair, mm-hmm. and we are almost all in this like twenty-sixth floor Hyatt. Mm-hmm. And even found this funky little boutique guesthouse in downtown mm-hmm. in Gothenburg with backpackers and mm-hmm. drug smugglers, probably. And and, and and well, we did stay and, in a brothel
2: in Greece. Oh, really? Yeah. Two o'clock in three o'clock in the morning, when mm-hmm. we needed to go for our flight, all the all the ladies were still up. Obviously, so <laughs> so they just knocked on our door to to make sure we were awake.
0: <laughs> Which book was that for the time? I hope it was the Crimson, Tethel and White, but no. Yeah. Uh,
2: it was probably to do with the global novel that I wrote with a number of other authors. Yeah. Could
1: you uh,
0: strike me slightly, uh, I was thinking of things that you had in common, which seems to be, uh, um, this sort of very crude reading, of, I think there were sort of three okay. formative countries... Um, roughly, so I was trying to work this out but Holland, Australia and then Scotland mm-hmm. and then England,
1: Japan, Ireland does that work? Uh, I would s- um, kind mm-hmm. of they are three formative countries. And then, but a sense um, of
0: solitude as I mean uh, and a, but, but you both sort of if I'm right, you are slightly in the middle of nowhere, a long way away from annoying things that will buzz around your (laughs) conscience I I, I was trying to think of ways that perhaps you intersect or a way that just uh,
2: Well I I I ended up living in the middle of nowhere because of where Eva wanted to live I mean I'm a city kid Um, and there's also the element of what place do you want your kids to grow up in Mm. um, which may be a factor in David's choices I'm not Mm. sure
1: Mm my wife's the city kid and I'm the country kid um, <laughs> but it's Ireland so if it's not Dublin, Cork or Limerick it's it's all country anyway yeah, uh, yeah. by by sort of industrialised country standards at least um, a town for us is three and a half thousand it's mm-hmm. colour guilty and that's where we do everything um,
2: I, I, I didn't know you were a city kid it's Melbourne mm-hmm. were you born in Holland? I was born in De um, I mean, I don't remember it at all. OK. What age did you move to...? My parents immigrated when I was seven. And... In that
1: documentary of um, the, the um, that Dutch arts that program made a few years and years ago, uh, the one that goes... <laughs> at the beginning, there's a <laughs> static birth. Is I'm not sure that does? I've ever seen it. Uh... You speak a bit of Dutch in that. Yeah. Uh, and you also... Something that I I borrowed from myself and for hershey as well uh they went into the caravan that you wrote there was a petal in mm-hmm. and they were poking around and there was a little list of words that you had on the wall yes. uh
2: words you shouldn't use and on there was seam that's right and of course um well, it, yeah. a circle. <laughs> yes yes that's, that's you oh right yeah. but when hershey's advising the creative writing students with their marvellously titled novels. Um, <laughs> Thank, you. Um, Thank you very much. Yes, he's, he's uh, gently trying to steer them away from seams. But well, yes, I, I go through all my texts with the computer word search, looking for words like seams.
1: What's the problem with seams?
2: Mm. I know not seams, <sighs> so I feel hamletian. Yeah. I mean...
1: Uh,
2: there I there, 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 the there are said. certain words that that appear to offer another level of profundity or nuance, which in fact are just filler. Yeah. Uh, um, it, it. They're literary filler. Um, they are precisely the sorts of words that the Stephen Kings of the world would either not use at all or, or strike out um, in a disciplined fashion. So you will
0: you, you will use them maybe in a first draft, but uh, subsequent drafts is just to make sure
2: they're not... Uh, I only keep the ones where I really, really mean it, where it, it, okay. it does a job that needs doing. Thanks, to Richard, I didn't even put them in the
1: first draft, uh, unless it's within quotation marks of a uh, habitual scene user. <laughs> uh, it's just weak. It, 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 it's sort of... If, 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 if you've got a kick-ass simile, then I want to make it earn its living as a free-fledged metaphor. Uh, seam is... Um, it's a bit like Peter's overused inversion commas. the It's sort of... whether it is or it isn't. If it is, then back it to the hilt and mm-hmm. leave seam-like as if out of it. Uh, and if it isn't that strong anyway, then don't use it. Mm. Uh, so scene for me flags up weak imagery yes. uh, it's, a, it, 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 it's, a, it's a self-confessed this is this, this isn't very good I know it isn't, but i put it anyway
2: yeah. <laughs> uh, have, you, that have you say? seen Pound's marginal comments to the wasteland? no um, he's really savage with Elliot and there's a, there's a part where he says you are Tiresias, you either know or you don't <laughs> <laughs> I think also if if you're writing a piece that has a certain tenor to it, say it's a very tranquil tenor, then you'll be tempted to use the word tranquil or eerie um, or serene or something. Mm -hmm. And if the text is quite long, there is a risk that you will have used the word tranquil a number of times or eerie or serene. And I think that's a problem potentially for the reader. If you're in a bad mood, it is difficult to read D.H. Lawrence, for example. Um, Because when he thinks the word is apt, he just keeps using it. And I don't want to piss my readers off in that way. Mm. It it, it
1: picks a bubble of fiction. It makes you think there's a category of words that come into fashion and Mm -hmm. you see them all over the place for a short time. Mm -hmm. Uh, The verb... A shark was in sort of the plane came shocking over New York. It was or, or um, um, thrum the verb thrum, mm-hmm. thrum Uh They seem so mm-hmm. urbane and uh, indicative of the user's all round cleverness and finger on the pulse of the zeitgeist. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. And you use them more than once, and it's like a needle in your eyeball, and that's taking you out of the narrative. It's mm-hmm. it's um, the fiction is it's a suspension, it's a bubble, it's beautiful and shimmering, and all the color, all those sort of oily colors you get when oil's in a puddle. That's what it is. It's magical, but it's easily popped, and mm-hmm. the job is to not pop it. People mm-hmm. actually want to believe it. People will sort of. Once upon a time, there you were know, three little pigs. Really, mm-hmm. really, and, they, and they, wow, really, like, sort of, the, the winds at your back, but books become mediocre or fail. Actually, worse than fail, become mediocre mm-hmm. because you've screwed it up. And one way to screw it up is to, that's Three pages Three pages later. Three pages later she thrummed at his touch <laughs> four <laughs> pages later. Mm-hmm. The dog's heart inside its rib cage was thrumming. Yes. Oh, it's it's ah, pop, pop,
0: pop, pop. Yes, but it's also let the tranquil thing that you don't want, also at the same time, you don't want to tell the reader. Exactly. James.
1: Hello, hello,
2: Yeah, sure. Hi. Road road. Oh, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, massively.